All right, welcome to Old Town New World. We're here in Rock Hill, South Carolina at Millstone Pizza. I'm Jason Broadwater. I'm Chris Gervais. And we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. No, okay. Okay, so we have a special guest for you today, everybody. Uh, we're happy to have him on the show. It's Mayor Doug Eccles, the mayor of Rock Hill. And you know, we're obviously big fans of Rock Hill, spend a lot of time in Rock Hill, work in Rock Hill, and are very involved in uh, helping to build Rock Hill. So to have uh, Doug Eccles here, and I'll refer to you as Doug, if that's, sure. that's great. Yeah, so welcome to the show, Doug. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure for me to be with you. Absolutely. Um, so what I'd like to do is first just have you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to Rock Hill and why you chose Rock Hill. And and um, why you ended up choosing to pursue being mayor of Rock Hill? Well, I, I came here in 1970 uh, as a, a teacher and coach at a brand new high school and uh, fell in love with, uh, with this community. You know, we, we decided early on that uh, we had found a place that we really wanted to call home. And so uh, fortunately, I was able to continue to do things uh, in the community and in, in the region uh, without actually moving from Rock Hill. Uh, through the years, and so we just uh, invested ourselves more and more in this uh, community, and uh, I've always had an interest in politics, and I think uh, local politics uh, is where you really get things done, so I've been involved with uh, uh, the Rock Hill City Council uh, two terms, and then became mayor uh, in 1998, so this is, my, this is my 17th year. Wow. Congratulations. That's yes, awesome. That's thank fantastic. you. Thank you. Well, you've done a great job. Thank you. You're very kind. It, it's been, you know, I guess if you're in long enough like I've been, you know, good things eventually begin to happen. Yeah. So. Well, no, no I'd, honestly, I'd say when I look at when Rock Hill really started to change for the positive, I mean, that late 90s was where things really, because I've lived here my whole life. I've never lived anywhere else. Yeah. And it's like I tell Jason, uh, growing up, I used to come to the mall all the time when, it, or the, yeah, when this was a mall, when Main Street was a mall, sure. and I came back. It was probably yeah, it would have been '99 or 2000, and I didn't know when I saw Main Street, and I was like, "What is this?" You yeah. know, and Michaels the was thing. there. Yeah, the same thing, man. Yeah, when I came down here, I thought, "Where am I? Yeah. Like, what is this?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was amazing. I came back in uh, 2003 after leaving in '94, and I even even in the 90, 89 to 94, I had no, or my whole life, I had no connection to this part of the city at all. I mean, I sure. never came down here, you know. Well, you know, it's uh, community building is a long process, and when you can, when you can evolve to the point where you feel like that the edges of various kinds of aspects of community building are beginning to touch, then the picture really gets clear in relationship to how a community sees itself and how it's viewed by others. And I really think we're, we're getting to that point, which is an exciting kind of, kind of thing. Uh, I mean, you know, the whole idea of, of people talk about breaking down silos and all that stuff, and it's usually addressed in kind of, a, or it's usually, you know, uh, made metaphor in a way that's kind of like about breaking, you know, like it's kind of a violent thing. It's about clashing with the status quo and all this. But this idea that it just becomes clearer as these things grow closer together is much more um, palatable. You know? The way I like to think about it is that what we do on the public sector side in local government 
in concert with the private sector is you deal with uh, like it like it's a jigsaw puzzle. So there there are little pieces of it that you know you begin to put together, and as you begin to put them together, you know, the more pieces you get in place, the clearer the picture becomes. And uh, and so I, if you think about it like that, that's what we're really trying to do. And uh, I think that uh, over time, as that picture gets clearer and clearer, people begin to say, "Oh, I see what I see what's happening now." Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's not a mystery. Right. So it's so you so you're saying is it's it's sort of about recognizing the potentialities and sort of recognizing what's coalescing and, and being able to be able to like visualize that and given like your clues and stuff that around you, the connections sure. and stuff. Well, and then the other thing too, I think, is uh, when you connect the dots on all the different kinds of things that happen, is trying to understand um, what can lead you to the next point. Right. Yeah. Um, a, a good example of that, I think, is the whole the whole notion of how you encourage economic development. Uh, I remember one time at a RHEDC Economic Development Corporation retreat. We had uh, we had a, a major company manager come in and and explain to the retreat group, you know, why they chose Rock Hill. And he started off with the usual old-timey PowerPoint stuff. And uh, but the number one item was quality of life. And so it struck me at that time that that uh, good business people are going to do their due diligence. But they're not going to spend millions and millions of dollars to come to a place they don't like exactly. or don't yeah. want to raise their families. Right. They're not going to yeah. invest in being unhappy. Yeah. And they're good business people, and you've got to cut a deal. You know, you got to figure all that out. And so, but putting the pieces in place that help them see the potential for your community, uh, I think in a lot of ways, uh, it starts. It, it certainly starts to some degree with infrastructure, yeah. kind of the basics. And that's not all that sexy to talk about. Right. And then the next thing is amenities. You know, what what is it can I do and my family can do and what can we be entertained by and all of those kinds of things. Exactly. Amenities are, are, are I mean, like the soccer field y'all put in and the Cherry Park that I guess did uh, the mayor before you put in Cherry Park or did you put in Cherry Park? Well, I was on the council when oh, I was oh, on okay. the council when Cherry Park was built. And I got beat in the next election because I was a supporter. No, oh, really? Wow. Wow. And I stayed out of politics 10 years. So no. I, yeah, I served, I served one term on the city council and was a, a proponent of building Cherry Park, and I got beat. The mayor at the time didn't want us to do it. He wanted that piece of property to be a, a shopping center. And so, so, he, so he, got, he got out and campaigned against me. And, and uh, so anyway, I got beat and I stayed out 10 years, but it was really a blessing where I was with my family and that, that their ages and that kind of thing. Well, wow. you know, it, that, that speaks to exactly what you were just talking about. And, and you may not have even been aware of it back then, but that is economic development. I mean, people move here for things like Sherry Park because it's a quality of life issue. And it's funny, in the new, in, in the kind of new economy, quote unquote, that we talk about all the time on this, on this program, uh, if this is, a, is this a program? Are we legitimate enough to say we're actually a program? Oh, 100%. Program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh sorry we lied to you, too. We real GM. We don't do anything with these recordings at all. Actually, that microphone's not even on. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but we talk about how in the, in the kind of new economy where the uh, people are creating, bringing their own jobs, creating their own jobs, getting together with people and co-creating jobs, it's a no-brainer that quality of life is the main driver because they're choosing it before they're even thinking about 
how they're going to fund their business idea. Particularly in today's economy, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and the and the economy that you know, particularly young fellas, you know, young young folk, young adults like y'all, you know, are engaged in. Uh, you know, you're you can do your business anywhere. Yeah. So why not yeah. choose a nice place? Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a continual thing we say on this program on this programming that's a that's an integral part of our programming here at old town new world um yeah that's what we keep coming back to over and over and over and, and it's sort of like it's this modern idea but at the same time it's not because no matter what you do it deep down at the bottom of it is that you're alive and you have a life to live and so that's the reason you're doing anything and so yeah the quality the idea of quality of life being the important factor that's the ultimate factor you know well, it's funny though, um, Doug. You may appreciate this. I am um, being caught in between the two most powerful generations. I'm a Gen Xer, so I'm in between the baby boomers and the, and the um, millennials, which are the two largest and most influential populations. You know, uh, it's incredible. They both have brought great change, and the millennials are just getting started. You know, but um, being sandwiched in between the two, I had this wonderful opportunity to kind of see it a little bit from each perspective. You know, and it, I think that a lot of millennial age folks almost don't even realize, especially the younger millennials, don't even realize that that's a new idea. That you would completely choose where you want to live first and then figure out how to make money. Yeah. You know, that's not, that is a new idea and they have no idea that's a new idea. That's, that's very much a new idea, you know, versus going to work for the big corporation, you know, and, and, and trying to, you know, work uh, for, you know, for 40 years and get the watch or the pen. Right, yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's not happening anymore. Not much anymore, anyway. Well, so you're always involved in, I guess, every aspect of the community. I mean, I guess, uh, so you have, what is there, seven, there's seven, there's a city manager and then there's kind of seven heads of the city and then each focus on different area of, of the city. Is that how it works? Well, what, of course, we're, we do have a council manager form of government, which means the council itself, the mayor and the six members of council actually are the policy making body. So we, so we. The authority of saying that's law. That's right belongs to the city council and then the city manager is hired there are only there are only three people hired by the city council the city manager the city attorney and the city judge those three people report to the city council and everybody else reports to the city manager uh, and so that's and that's a professional way I think for the community to be run uh, as much as I love the city as much as I'm involved in it you know, my training and expertise is not necessarily in public administration so yeah, there's uh, a big difference between the person who can um, kind of facilitate that bringing together of visions and the person who can be a COO of this exactly. operation uh -huh. yeah big difference. yeah and we've been blessed in in Rock Hill um, you know I think with progressive uh, elected officials as well as progressive uh, managers yeah. and um, uh, that's I think that's meant a lot to us as a city as we continue to through the years, you can look back through the years, and you can kind of see those pieces of the puzzle I was talking about. And they might not have—they might have been separated, and they might not have been as clear as a picture. But uh, as I said earlier, I think all that's starting to really come together now. Well, you know, one thing I'm also impressed with is uh, I talk a lot about how we pay lip service all the time to how uh, the children are our future. You know, like a Whitney Houston song, but we don't. She paid lip service to that a lot, <laughs> but we don't actually. Um, you know, drive our, I mean, you know, business drives things, so economic development drives things, but, and, and we, we say, okay, yeah, well, obviously K-12 education is important, 
but I think I think we do a great disservice in most communities that I go to and in our own community and I'm one of the guys on the you know working hard at it too we don't really pay I think the importance that we need to pay to K-12 education as far as understanding that hey 25 years from now that is the dominant workforce and, and that's not that far away right, yeah. you know but I've been impressed that you have put forward um, you and your, your group I don't know who exactly did it but this initiative of is it good for the children as a core question of government can you talk about that sure and then we've also got uh, an effort now that's a partnership between the school Rock Hill school system and the York County Library for um, Rock Hill Reads and the whole idea is to collect books and get them in the hands of children uh-huh. and uh, we've uh, there's thousands and thousands of books have been collected and distributed and we've got those you know in the hands of children and in the hands of families and now that's that's a big big step forward for us as a community uh, because what we've discovered it got started as a summer reading initiative because there's this gap between what children they, they actually lose uh, some reading ability in the summer and that's all demographics that's not just uh, a lower socioeconomic area it's all demographics they actually will lose if they don't pra- continue to practice reading through the summer so anyway that's one thing and is it good for the children Actually, I give my wife a lot of credit for that. She, she discovered that, uh, that she is an educator and she's a children's advocate. And uh, Sylvia discovered that, uh, that initiative in Kansas City. Kansas City actually did a community report card and, and failed miserably. You know, if they look at, well, how are we doing with all of these uh, different uh, indicators? And, and they failed. And so they, they started this initiative, Is It Good for the Children, and began to look at where they were uh, failing the greatest and then they put in initiatives to try to make improvement and, and made tremendous improvement so the whole idea there is that is if, if I'm not sure I can quote this exactly right but it's like if every day in every way we ask the number one question then we will take care of the future because the number one question is is it good for the children and that's what you're talking about you know if, if, if we're dealing with trying to, to improve the lives of children, you know, we're, we're really, that's what I would really love to see, and, and I think this is a need in South Carolina, I really, I really think this is a tremendous need for us. We, we really ought to have a, um, a you know, a, 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 at least a 16-year, if not a 20-year effort that, that starts from birth and goes with targeted initiatives every year until they graduate from high school and then and then potentially extend their education into a higher education program. There ought to be efforts associated with how are we how are we identifying those children that need help and helping them. How are we earliest and start at birth. Start at birth. It's not about programming the way they see the world or programming their learning. It's about facilitating empowerment and access. Yeah. Yeah and giving uh, and giving parents yeah, the kinds of skills and the encouragement they need in order to be able to be their children's first teachers. Right, yeah. You know, it's something we've said on here before about how <clears throat> a lot of the hopefulness of the future is in that the internet and technology has given everyone a voice. And, you know, I've often thought about everything from innovation and, and the things we do to arts and creativity, of all the things we've missed out on over the years because of people who were in circumstances that didn't let them be artists, didn't let them be thinkers, didn't let them be scientists. Where would we be if every person had a voice, you know? And it's like, the internet gives that to people, but at the same time, like, 
the idea that not every child who's born in the world has the same motivations and options given to them. So what have we missed? Do you know what I mean? We had Albert Einstein did this and it was wonderful. And you know, and, and Nikola Tesla did this and it was wonderful. And like, what about the people who could have been Nikola Tesla, who could have been Thomas yeah, Edison? You know, my wife is a, a counselor at uh, an elementary school and she talks about how that you see children at the earliest of ages get separated, start to get separated because, you know, it, it, as a pragmatic organizational type of operating process, there's really no better current way, I mean, you have to, and, um, I mean, at least that's what is the going thing, and um, those, that separation early starts to define identity, personality, and the, the support they're getting at home, it, it identifies people's perception of what's possible, you know, and it, and it you know, if you don't exactly. think that things are possible, then what are you going to do? I mean, nothing, yeah. you know? Especially when you're, you're, a child and you're in the whole reality is a new environment for you and everything is a new experience and you're taking in information and you're deciding what to do with it and if all your information says here's who you are you, right. you're getting this you're gonna go you're work here to do, yeah. you're gonna do that you got to go work at Walmart and whatever and that's who you are it's not easy to defy that because reality it's not it's not every person that can look at reality and say no I'm gonna do something else right. it's the extreme it's it is people like Albert Einstein and yeah, Steve Jobs and, and like I said it's it's wonderful the things we, that have happened because of people like Steve Jobs but like I said you gotta wonder what ideas and what things are out there that we completely did missed right. you know well those opportunities to be creative you know within a community setting you know, I think are tremendously important and cultivating those opportunities is really good now we've you know, our community has a rich history. Uh, it also has a, a blue-collar history, and people worked hard. They worked hard in the in the, in the mill. Uh, they you know they were they were uh, you know faith-based people, and they worked hard, and it was hard work, but didn't require much education. And uh, for for Rock Hill to be transitioning over whatever time frame you wanted to look at it uh, into a, a, a more uh, educated workforce, a more um, the need for uh, a higher uh, level of education in relationship to the jobs that were there. And, and all that is so important. And, and so we still find ourselves, I think, as a community, you know, kind of caught in some of that transition. And, mm -hmm. and so it, it's, it's a little difficult sometimes to, to move maybe as fast as we would like to for, because one, we might not view ourselves right. in, in, yeah. in the way we should as a, as a, in, in 2014, and others might not see us. I mean, I, I have people occasionally say to me who live in, in nearby communities, Charlotte and others, you know, they said, the guy hadn't been to Rock Hill in 20 years. and. Uh, you know, I can remember when all you had down there was the mill. So they don't know what's right. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have no idea. When people come down here, Doug, it's amazing. Um, I mean, when people come down to talk about working with Rev and Flow, whether they're a client or whether, like for example, uh, Monday we had a whole, I mean, a host of uh, employees from Charlotte Mecklenburg School District, from the executive offices of Charlotte Mecklenburg School District come down um, to do, we're building them a big web application. So come down and do training and stuff in our office and they were just 
floored. They were like, I'm ne- some of them were like, I've never even been to Rock Hill. Some of them were like, I hadn't been here in years. Yeah, we specifically talked to one of them that uh, years ago, I guess he worked for uh, Spyglass Entertainment. He was in California. He was like a, a like a line producer or something. And he was just like, we were talking to him about movies, and he was definitely giving us, us this like, you guys, you guys live in Charlotte, right? Yeah. And we're like, because we you know, we, you know we're writers and we make movies and blah blah blah. And he's like, oh, so you live in you live in Charlotte, yeah, live you know? And he kept kind of being like, yeah. you live in Rock Hill. Can't believe you live yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you look around, and it's funny. I think sometimes we do a disservice to ourselves. Um, in some of the uh, things that you and I uh, are involved in together, Doug, so some of these boards that we're on, because um, you know I, I'm one of the younger folks on that board, on those boards, and so it's a, everybody older than me. I know, yeah, not anymore. Yeah, exactly, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the younger people. Right. Um, That's funny. I know, really, it's true. So long. I know exactly. <laughs> but um, but we we always remind ourselves that Rock Hill isn't cool, and that we want to make it cool. But really, there's a there's a whole young group of people that think it's really cool now, and and so we have to quit thinking they don't think it's cool. You know what I mean? Like we have to stop and actually hear what they're saying. Well, there's a couple pieces that we got to put in place yet. You know, one of those is uh, we, as you know, we've been working really hard, and, and you and your your company, Rev and Flow. I mean, you guys were you know you're, you're pioneers down here, and that's and that's a good thing. We and very much appreciate it. And we, you know, we want more of that. And I know you do too. One thing we've got to get, we've, we've got to get some people living in the downtown area yeah. so that we can kind of uh, perpetuate this nightlife, so to speak. You know, now, yeah, this this where we are today, Millstone Pizza. It's a great start along that line. But we've got to get, and we're talking to developers. I mean, I'm kicking tires everywhere I go. You know, I want somebody to come in and, you know, and do an apartment complex and get, you know, get a concentration of, of young folks living down here working down here uh, and there's uh, some work opportunities we've been able to put a piece of that in place and you've provided work for folks and uh, you know some other some other big opportunities and so we're we're on the cusp of helping to make something like that happen and what that means is to me is that will leverage then it will leverage the next restaurant right it'll yeah. it'll leverage the small corner grocery store and newsstand Gosh, yeah. it'll leverage that so that you know you can you don't have to go very far when you come home at night you know kind of thing or and you or you don't have to go very far to go to work yeah right. Absolutely. yeah, so, yeah. I mean there's we're working hard on that for these apartments and everybody about half the people at our uh, I mean Micah over here, silent Micah on the Micah <laughs> silent Micah <laughs> yeah silent Micah on the Micah is um wanted to move downtown so he ended up having to be um off Ebenezer Avenue, which is fine. It's a nice little place, like right here near the bicycle shop down towards Winthrop, or that way, I guess. But, um, which is great, but it's outside of the, I'm gonna drop by Millstone and grab a pizza and a beer on my, you know, as I, and I walk back to the house. You know, it's kind of like, should I drive or do I get sweaty? You know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. Big difference. Residential would, I mean, I, that, we're, I think we're already over that tipping point into this positive growth, but residential, I mean, it would just yeah, kill. It would just game. really turn the, the fire it, up on it that. It would. Game. It would. And we got, uh, you know, we we got the new office buildings going in, just two, uh, three blocks from here. Yeah, Forty thousand square feet. Forty thousand square feet. New office building, a park, which is a tremendous public attraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just believe in my soul that that's going to be a driving factor in in leveraging a developer to put up millions of dollars and you know build some apartments i've heard rumor that you have this vision of having a 
master green plan or something where you want to keep it green, green spots within this whole. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, one of the things I'm working on now, just we'll let the cat out of the bag here, but uh, is um, I really think that we're so close to that tipping point, uh -huh. and the park is going to help leverage it because people will. People will then say, wherever they live in Rock Hill, they'll say, I got to take you to our downtown. You, yeah. you got to see our yeah. downtown. Yeah. So what we need to be doing now is we need to look for every available spot where we can put a small courtyard yeah. and we can put small uh, landscaping. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and create small green yeah. spots everywhere so that when I, when I park and I, and I, and I take what someone called, what uh, Tim Elliott would think, he calls it the, the journey of the stroll or yeah. something to uh -huh. that effect, you know, th that really that becomes an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm just not walking on the, I'm not walking on a hot sidewalk from parking four blocks away yeah. well, till. Right here behind Millstone and behind our office, you know, this, the road that comes right here behind our office like this, if it was a walkable, like if people parked against a little half wall or something, it was a walkable, had green areas, we, we put a table out behind our office and ended up getting rid of it because it's just car exhaust out there. I mean, it's just a parking lot, you know? Well, so you're right. I mean, small pieces of green. Spots and, and protecting them and uh, greening them and, uh, you know, er, uh, wherever we can do that, wherever we have to put in a median or all that kind of stuff, you know, let's... Storm Cherry Road. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I drive down it now, and I mean, it's still, it's not, you know, the to me, it's not what I, it's, it's still kind of strip development, but that's what it was. But it was just, it was like a, uh, it was like a, a, a linear parking lot. <laughs> it was, yeah. it went for miles. Yeah. <laughs> it is so much nicer. I, you know, when I, I always comment about it when I'm with anybody on Cherry Road, because you know, somebody might say, oh, this is the road where you're going to have some of these strip mall things. So I'm like, guys, you have no idea. I know. Yeah. And I look forward and I look in the rearview mirror and I see trees in both directions. Yeah, and I'm like, y'all yeah. have no idea. Know, this is yeah. so much nicer. Yeah, there was a sign. Yeah. It's like, yeah, thank God it, Cherry, Cherry Park is there and not yet another, like, shopping yeah, center. Yeah. 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 yeah, I tell people that Cherry Park, I, uh, Jason may have heard me say this before, but some of my friends call Cherry Park uh, the Doug Eccles Memorial Gardens. My, uh -huh. my, my first political career is buried out there. Oh. <laughs> but I'm glad it's there. Right, yeah, well, yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom has a way of uh, kind of proving uh, the, who's on the right side of the, uh, the war on that one. But, you know, <clears throat> I know that uh, there's been a, a lot of good collaborative effort. I know when um, we had these recent developers come to town uh, who were doing significant development in the textile corridor, their their reaction to how unified we were from a vision standpoint, the, the business leaders and the public sector, lead, public sector leaders, they were shocked. And I didn't know, see I'm naive, I, I, this is my, I cut my teeth on being in Rock Hill as far as in a leadership position, so I thought this is how all towns work, and I had no idea. We were exceptional in that way. Huh? Yeah. Well, um, mayor, uh, the former mayor, Betty Jo Ray, uh, who was mayor for 12 years, uh, was very much interested in parks, recreation, and tourism, and, and got a lot of nice things done. One of the things that Betty Jo uh, started, and I continued, was uh, she would have a monthly breakfast, 
and it, uh, it involves the leadership of, of all the major entities within the community. And it, it includes, includes the legislative delegation, includes the county council, includes the school board, the president of Winthrop University, the president of York Technical College, uh, the uh, head of the United Way, the head of the Arts Council, uh, the city of Rock Hill, the head of the chamber, uh, the head of the council, local council of governments. I'm trying to go around the table here, but you it's know, like the, Avengers. the local of uh, the economic, <laughs> the local government Avengers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but anyway, the whole you're, you're, you're Nick Fury with a patch. You need a patch on your eye. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but the whole idea is to basically just share, yeah. uh, and that's what happens at that at that meeting is that you know, everyone will take uh, you know five to ten minutes and and just share about the things that are happening in their world. And what is amazing to me is the pollination that, you know, that occurs yeah, there because, awesome. because somebody will say, well, we're, here's, here's what we're trying to do. And somebody else will say, well, you know, we might be able to help you with yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, and you get this kind of um, pollination going on and, it, and it's a great thing. The other thing that it does is it basically makes you feel like not knowing makes you feel like, but it, it, it creates an awareness of your connectivity uh -huh, exactly. to all those things that matter yeah, in a community. Exactly. That's so important. So, you know, you're not just, it's not just the city trying to, city government, it's not, it's not just a United Way trying to raise money to help people. You know, it's exactly. trying to build a community through that. Yeah. Yeah, so it, that's one way that we've been able to do that. Yeah, I think it's so valuable when, when people can stop thinking about things in terms of us and them and the disconnect and when if everyone can recognize it when you really boil it down we're all just a we're society and we're all living together and we have to figure out how to do that and right. do it and, pr and progress and grow and be peaceful and, and do great things and everyone's part of that everyone has a voice everyone is a member of that team you know and I think that what one thing that the new economy I think reinforces big time is that all we have is our time. Now, now, you know, the wisest of people always knew that, but I think that um, the manufacturing economy was able to sh shield a lot of people from really recognizing that. You got a lot of products, it's a consumer society, we're making products, everything's based on selling products, it's all about stuff. But actually, when it all comes down to it, it's all about your time. Right. And so, it, I, I talk about it all the time next door at our office. I, all, you know, nine of us get in a room and I say, guys, all we have are these computers, these nine computers, and our time. We come here every day together and sit in the same office and, and spend our time here. So what are we gonna achieve? Where are we gonna be six months from now? Where are we gonna be two years from now? If we don't think about it, if we don't think about what five years from now looks like, we'll just end up somewhere. We'll have no idea where we end up. Yeah, Because the train's going, you know, so you're just gonna go. I know you've been, all, been big on visioning uh, Strat, you know, 2020 was a big initiative that came through, and, and thinking farther out, I know it's a big initiative of yours. Well, yeah, I, yeah. The thing that I like about what we've been able to to to, to do from a from a visioning standpoint is that we really, just purely from a citizen, from a city organizational standpoint, what we really do is start with citizen engagement. That, that's where we, I mean, our 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 city has been big on citizen engagement. It's always been my view that if you get if you get the right if you get the right number of people together and you have and you present the right ideas you know good things will happen from that and quite frankly if you get a group of people together and you propose a bad idea 
it, it, it won't go anywhere, right. and yeah, that's a yeah. good place for it to stop. Yeah. You know, exactly. So one of the things that we've done, and I did it over a period of about six years, is you know I uh, uh, you know this is the South, so we always feed people when we get them together, and um, so we we had these uh, small breakfast groups and had about uh, I don't know 12 or 18 people in each time built that to about 150 people and then invited the 150 people uh, to come in together all at once at the end of that six-year period and uh, we we condensed all of their hopes and desires for the city you know down into you know a whole package of things that we we're working on you know that we're seeing what people said they need to do next what we need to do next here's what here's what we need to try to work on and it, you know it's not magic I mean it's right, not, right, right. I like to tell people it's not silver bullets it's silver BBs you know you you trying to you trying to do a little bit all along so it all works yeah. together but that kind of citizen engagement is what helps to build a community because God I mean God forbid we try to think that you know, all the knowledge rests in City Hall. I mean, oh, yeah, it, right, just, right, it right. just doesn't, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> now, there are times I'd like to be a dictator, but, you know. Right. <laughs> I understand it's not well, the way you know, to go. It's interesting because it really is an interesting thing because there is there is a time when you need to have a meeting of all the cooks and you might as well have it in the kitchen. And there's a right. time yeah. when the cooks need to get out. All the cooks right, but yeah. one need to get out of the kitchen, you know. So there, there is definitely two sides of that coin. I know it's easy to get frustrated with collaborative process um, because there's so many, you, you, collaborative process is necessary and more necessary than ever. Um, but there's also, you know, I mean, being a guy who started a business who runs one every day, there's also a time when you just have to make a decision and move forward, you know. In the public realm, just kind of where I'm sitting, you know, with city council and, you know, the formality of voting and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's 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 amazing though when you have uh, an idea or an issue, and the idea or issue is being discussed by those affected or a citizens group who has an interest. Then what happens is the argument is really the I say argument in in a sense of the discussion is about the issue. Uh, not right, about the right. personality. Right, right, right. And one of the things that's, that's awesome. been this one that's been good for us as a city council is we have different views on our city council. That's been a very healthy democratic process, particularly when you maintain civility. At, at the same time, um, big big eyed big things get done because people in the community kind of analyze it and break it apart. Uh-huh. And right. it's not it's not city hall dictating or city hall pushing, although we do sometimes. But that that's a much smoother path to getting big things done. And it's interesting. I, I did a program called the American Leadership Forum, and um, it's about the whole idea that if you bring leaders together from the 16 county area, and really it's, there's you know one in different regions, but um, in this region, it's the 16 county area around Charlotte. The idea is. If you bring these leaders together in a way where, where you break down barriers and you become close and you get to that place to where you can um, express yourself in an unfettered way, it's more about being human than it is about anything else. But the idea is that those, those 19 people who are all in leadership positions all over the 16 county area, I can call them and say, hey man, I got an idea. 
and they could say, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're just unfettered in our communication with each other. So, so the more you're able to interact in that way, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, positive. honesty is, and, and well, and candor, and like being able to, you know, just be objective and talk, and just talk candidly about the thing yeah, at hand exactly. is, is the key to collaboration. And then you don't you don't hide things from each other because that's when that will never work. Eventually, that train will come off the tracks. Oh, you know? yeah. And that honesty is sort of that key to collaborative effort. Some of what we've been able to do, you know, what what you've done with your company, what you've done with some of uh, you know some of your initiatives, and what we're trying to do as a community, I think is so applicable to other places. I, the the thing that I see that is a little bit discouraging, not about our area although I'm sure we've got some flaws in what we're trying to do too, but I see so many local elected officials who feel like that because they got elected, they have the answer right. to the issue. And I think if, if, you know, I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm overly biased or, or have blinders on a little bit, but I think the way we're trying to go about it by engagement and by collaboration by public-private partnerships, or whatever you want to call it, you know that that's a way really to enhance and speed up a, co a community enterprise, and it, and this whole civic enterprise is is what all of that is about. I when I first uh, was elected, I had a a, a local curmudgeon uh, <laughs> grab me at a at a social event. And, you know, gave me one of those death handshake squeezes, you know. Oh, man, you know. the robot crusher. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, robot. Pulled me up close oh. and said, said, Mayor, I have some advice for you. He said, run water and sewer lines, pave roads, and stay out of the way. Oh. Well, to me, you know, community uh, development was a whole lot more than that. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, yeah, you yeah. got to do those things. But, wow, yeah. You know, I think it's just a hope. I mean, I'm not sure where we would be if that's yeah, all yeah. we had done. And that man's uh, name was Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, well, <laughs> well I'm, not, I'm not going that far. <laughs> but but just you can look back on some of the things that perhaps if we had not been progressive, yeah. if we had not been assertive, if we had not been collaborative, where would we be as a community? Well, I'll yeah. add to that for our listeners that the great achievement of Rock Hill is to be progressive and yet be in an impressive, fiscally strong position. It's not like, you know, people tend to think the two are somehow opposites, you know what I mean? I mean, we've been really well responsibly fiscally managed and we've been aggressive and progressive and it's really impressive. That's a lot of essence. It is. <laughs> If the key is S's. Yeah, right. The key is S's. Yeah. So um, I will say um, I really appreciate uh, you being here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I know that you have a, a lot of um, uh, events to be at that have more um, of an audience. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm just glad to, uh, to be here enjoying the refreshments with you. And, Excellent. And, uh, Sherry. Excellent. Thank you. Well, um, I guess... Uh, and Chris, unless you have any last final questions for the mayor? I do not. I pre we appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, I guess we'll see you next week on Old Town New World.